Infinity Games Podcast. Welcome to episode 5 of the Infinity Games Podcast. My god. Yeah, we made it to number 5. Yay! My name's Jukebox Hero. I'm Calrix King. Today we're going to be talking about arcade machines, and later when we get into our hidden gem segment, we'll be talking about a gem on the Wii that most people haven't heard of. And you should have heard of it, because it's wonderful. Yep, there's like... 12 games of it in Japan, and only one here. That reminds me of a game I talked about last podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. No One Piece games for Calrix. Nope, nope. Oh. So we're going to do this interview style where Calrix is going to ask me questions about arcades and arcade machines. Because, I mean, I, 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 I win when it comes to anime and manga. But I know dick all about arcades. And I own them. <laughs> <laughs> own the shit out of them. Curb stomp them bitches. Well, yeah, maybe not. No? Oh, no, no. Okay, no. all right. Not, not a good idea. Just light, lightly pat them on the head and tell them to politely fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I've kicked one and told it to work. Did it work? Yeah. Yay! It's just a love tap. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's what you gotta do to make old things work again. Just give it a little kick. Yeah. Without getting too much off topic. Just don't kick your grandparents. I know they're old, but it doesn't work the same way as electronics. Yeah, they get mad at you. <laughs> Try that once. But, you know. But uh quick uh, thing, just because you're talking about love tapping stuff. Um, one of the guys that I play Destiny with, he um, posted a video on Facebook the other day. And his, his TV is making like a weird like whirring, clicking. Like just like it's wearing out essentially. Right, so it's making yeah. funny noises. So he posts and he's like, guys, what do I do? And I was super tempted to say, just hit it a few times. <laughs> you know, it works. Give it a love tap. It's made out of Nintendium, right? No. (laughs) I wish. The the flat screens are not made out of Nintendium. God, no. Anyway. Especially these, like, ultra-thin ones now. Yeah, exactly. They're the size of your phone. I don't think that's a good thing, guys. (laughs) It bends. It's a good thing. Trust us. (laughs) But, um... Uh, So, to to preface the conversation, um... I have little to no arcade experience. Pretty much everything arcade that i've been involved in has been like a little bit of here and there like we'll go to the mall and there'll be an arcade and i'll you know parents will give me a few tokens or we went to like the chuck e cheese or whatever and you know you play a little bit but as far as overall arcade experience i have a a whole lot of none whereas jukebox has been involved in arcades for too goddamn long at this point (laughs) he's repaired his own machine he's got two more that he's still working on or do they both work now no, they're all fine. I'm oh, done. Okay, they're all fine. Never mind. I'm just in the fucking dark over here. But <laughs> so <I> told you. <laughs> I've I mean I've been involved slightly in his arcade process, mainly driving him to get said arcades, but <laughs> Hey, hey, don't give yourself too much credit. You just you lifted things I drove. No, not these ones. Yeah, these ones I drove dad's truck. I could have sworn I drove my dad's truck. No, I drove mine. I asked you to get your dad's right. But... No. Right, okay, never mind. I mean, I'm just overall useless, but anyways. No, 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 you're the muscle. Yay. I got confused because I remember you asked about my dad's truck for your big one, yeah. and then you also asked about it for these ones, and both times I was like, dad's at work. <laughs> no can do. Yeah, but, um, I, I was a bit in a big hurry to go pick these up because I didn't want anyone to come out and like snipe them from under me. And of course, it just had to be in the sketchiest part of town, but, you know, all's well that ends well. Yeah, I mean, the guy was pretty nice. Guy was fine. Neighborhood wasn't. Guy yeah. was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we'll start this off. I'm, I mean, of course, I know I'm looking at them right now, but... Uh, yeah, they're beside us. <laughs> yes, tell our beautiful, beautiful arcade machines. But, um... I thought you were going to say beautiful, beautiful guests, beautiful, beautiful listeners. I mean, sure. <laughs> You're all beautiful. We love you all. Special little flowers. Yay. Not snowflakes. Snowflakes melt. They die. Yeah, A lot that, faster than flowers. That's unfortunate. Indeed. But um, anyways, <laughs> off the topic of viewership death. <laughs> um, don't die. No, don't die. We need you. But, um, and we want you. But, um... Why don't you start out, you tell tell our viewers what games you have total for your arcades. Okay, so I have three arcade cabinets. One is a stand-up, and the other two are cocktail, which are like the table ones where you'd sit at them on each end. So fun. 
So the one that I have standing up is a dedicated joust machine. I don't actually have the joust board, so I have a multi-board in there right now that runs joust. Um, the two that I have sitting beside me, the cocktails, is Galaga and Miss Pac-Man. And those ones are 100% dedicated because I have the original boards and everything in them. Mm-hmm. One day I'll have, like, the Joust boards, of course. But... Of course, yeah, one day. It's just a matter of... They're either... expensive as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so it's either a matter of having enough disposable income to buy one, or finding one on sale that you can afford. Yeah, just, like, getting lucky. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, do you have any boards that you're not currently using? Yeah, so I also have... Um... I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name, because I forget what it is. It's in Japanese. It's... In America, it's Bike Rally. And, uh, yeah, I got a Japanese arcade board, which is pretty exciting. Nifty. I have Tekken, the first Tekken fighting game. I have Street Fighter 2, the original edition, not like the Turbo or the New Challengers or anything like that. Just Street Fighter 2. And I have Street Fighter Alpha, the first one. And I have MVP, which was actually... It was the game that was in my Joust cabinet. So when I bought it, it was a conversion. It had a different game inside of it. Which is a bummer. Yeah, and I had to convert it back to Joust. But uh, the MVP game is actually pretty fun considering it's a baseball game. I mean, I usually don't like sports games. That's right. I forgot when you first got it, you invited me and my girlfriend over and we played it a little bit. And it was. It was actually actually a surprisingly good time. It was actually a somewhat fun game because i remember i was super skeptical i was like, like oh baseball i was like yeah it's fucking baseball though and you're like no dude just just trust me it's actually it's fun it's sure fun. enough we had fun <laughs> i got mad because i sucked but uh, everyone sucks at arcade games at least for a while that's how they made money yes it's like and documentaries a- cough cough donkey kong cough cough oh god yeah <laughs> but, the king uh, of kong what got everyone back into arcades right meanwhile i'm like what 12 years old or whatever i'm like hmm, yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> dope but um but yeah that's that's uh that's all the arcade boards and games that i currently own right now nifty if anyone's wondering what i actually have in the joust is uh the 16 in one multi-board that has most of the williams games and then a couple nintendo titles and other things sprinkled in there too yeah because you it's... don't can't you run original mario bros on that thing yeah i can <laughs> so weird yeah I pretty much did that because it's it's technically like a bootleg board, but it costs about a hundred dollars, and to get like just joust by itself is like I don't know what it is right now. When I was last checking, it was between three and four hundred dollars minimum <laughs> in Canadian. Yeah, in Canadian. too damn much. <laughs> so I mean, um, you could br- you could buy a brand new Xbox One for the same price as this one arcade board to play this one game from 1982 <laughs> you know yeah vintage, vintage. money yeah assholes <laughs> but um uh so then i i got a weird feeling you probably don't own it maybe you do i don't know wink wink nudge, wink nudge. wink nudge. <laughs> i actually have no idea because he gave me no you know heads up on it but what is your favorite arcade game Take a wild guess first. I mean, fuck, I said Joust earlier, and you were like, nope, and I was like, well, shit, there that air goes that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joust is a blasty blast, but my favorite's Galaga, which I have the cocktail of. Shit, I was about to say Galaga, and then I was like, wait, 1943, and then I was like, wait, no. <laughs> well, 1943 is really high up there, but I've never actually played the arcade version. Could have sworn you said you played the arcade one at the I've played 1942. <laughs> no dude there's like a significant difference no i'm aware <laughs> so we used to have a laundromat that had a couple cocktail machines there they had tetris they had uh 1942 and then they had another one that was kind of in rotation every once in a while but the people they got it from the operator he didn't take any care of them so they always died so they didn't last long. i remember when i first moved to the town i'm in they had uh pac-man yeah and then they had mr do which don't is, remember Mr. Do. It, it's crazy fun. It's almost like a Dig Dug ripoff, but it has enough new mechanics to make it fun. And I actually have uh, Do Run Run on the Joust cabinet in that multi-board. Is that like Doki Doki Panic? No. 
I'm kidding. No, but it just was, as fun. It was a stupid pun. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> Be ashamed. <laughs> All right, so, but uh, hold on a sec. Um, go, go, go. Fuck, I can't remember the other games, but 1942. Whoa. I actually have 1942 and 1943 on the NES, so those ports. The NES port of 1942 is almost exact to the arcade. So if you look up gameplay of that, it's very, very basic and whatnot. But by the time 1943 came out, the arcade boards and uh, like the CPUs they were using, all that stuff were so advanced that the graphics comparison is just like, I mean, you can't even compare them. Like it's night and day. Yeah, like it's like comparing a Super NES game to an NES game is how big of a difference it you is. Know, super identical. Wall super puns. Oh god. But um but yeah, yeah, so you Galaga. Said, shit. Now I just forgot. What was your favorite one again? Galaga. That's it. Yeah. That that this this thing to my left. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't played Galaga, give us back your gamer card. Yes. I was about to make that <laughs> pun, but I forgot how to do it. <laughs> oh god. That was a thing back in like two thousand eight when the two of us were getting into like classic games and stuff like that. Screw Attack, they had, like, a joke about if you hadn't played Galaga, you weren't a real gamer and you had to hand in your gamer card. To this day, that's probably one of my their best top ten videos. Like, they, they're still doing them all the time. <laughs> and it's just, it was the best thing ever because the one guy was, like, it was, I think Galaga was, like, number two or three. It was really high up on the list. I think it was number one. Was it number one? I think so. Could have sworn there was more after it. But anyways, know. like, irrelevant. But pretty much what how the scene plays out is they announce Galaga, and then the main guy, Craig, he's like, and if you haven't played Galaga, we might as well come and rip up your game return. And all of a sudden, they're kicking in some kid's door. They're like, <laughs> have you played Galaga? And he's like, what's Galaga? And it, it's got to be the, their nephew or... Yeah, niece or nephew. Niece or, or nephew or brother or something like that, something. right? <laughs> some family-related thing, because the kid's just grinning from ear to ear the whole time. And he's like, what's Galaga? And he's like, What? And he's like, played some Gears of War, though. You want to play that? And he's the hands of the Xbox controller. He's like, do you have a gamer card? And he's like, yeah. Can I see it? Yeah, hands with the gamer card. He's like, ha, 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 rip, ha. Throws it in his face and walks out. And it's just like, brutal. Shit. Brutal. That, that little kid got wrecked. <laughs> oh, God. Good times, good times. No, for anyone who doesn't know what Galaga is, it pretty much... It may not have been the first, but it popularized the uh, spaceship shooter genre. And then Atari just rolled with it. <laughs> Wrong company. I mean, no, I know. But I'm saying, like, Atari, space. Oh, yeah. Fucking everything <laughs> Atari puts out has space. Or star. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so your ship on the bottom, you move left and right. Enemies fly in from the top and you shoot them. Yep. Bas basic as can be. It kind of played off of... Uh, what Space Invaders did before it, but yeah. just way better. Just added more dynamics and it made it more um, free flow. And for, I mean, I don't want to be an ass, but it made it a lot more pleasing to the eye, though, because oh, God, it, it yeah. was also there was a lot more movement. There, there was colors, <laughs> and you know, boom. Yeah, like the original Space Invaders didn't actually have any color. It was black and white. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until later in the 80s where they actually re-released as Space Invaders Deluxe. And they also did Asteroids Deluxe where it had this cool like back glass. So it had like a poster underneath reflecting off the back glass and the yep. game was reflect reflecting. So it looked almost like 3D space. Crazy. With colors. Good old <laughs> fucking like 80s technology. Yeah. I mean, it worked. Yeah, it did. It looked, looked pretty. Looked fucking awesome. Still does to this day, but... Anyways, I digress. So then, moving on from your favorite game, what's your best overall arcade memory? Whether it's playing or building it or whatever, just... Um, oh, that's actually a really hard one, because, like, getting my first machine, the Joust, mm -hmm. when it was still MVP, I mean, that was crazy exciting, because I really wanted an arcade machine. It's like... If you care about arcades, like, if you were a little kid and you saw these really awesome big like video game machines are like wow so cool i want one of those in my house blah 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 yeah and like i got one it's kind of like a big deal it's it's almost like oh wow 
look at this awesome car that I've always wanted. And then you get that car once you're an adult and it's yeah. like, wow, I have the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe not as big, but I mean, it's still pretty big. Yeah. It's the same area of like, you have all this hype for something that you want one day and then eventually you have it and it's just like, holy fucking shit, I did it. And then it's like, fuck, now what? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it could be that or like when I was a kid, I never really had experiences in actual arcades. Like, most of the ones with classic games like these had already died out. Yeah. And, um, like, Chuck E. Cheese, it was all redemption games and stuff. You know, I have a really good one. So, our bowling alley, uh, I was in the bowling league for about seven years when I was starting from when I was, like, seven years old. And the first owner, um, he had a small kind of... I'd call it maybe like cubby space or something. It was like a really tiny room that had a pinball machine and maybe four arcade machines. Mm -hmm. And they had the pinball machine was Terminator 2. So whenever I went bowling, uh, every time I got a strike, my dad would give me a quarter. And after the three games had ended, I'd go over to the arcade and I'd play Terminator 2 with all the quarters I amassed. Yeah. And that was like the greatest thing ever because... I mean, Terminator in itself looks really awesome, but pinball machines too? Like, pinball machines just, they look awesome. Even if you don't know what the hell's going on, they look cool no matter what. Yeah, so being just... a little impressionable kid sitting there with all these flashing lights and stuff, I mean, it was a blasty blast. I remember that little cubby. Good times. Yeah. Eventually they got a new owner, and he made like a full kind of redemption arcade where you'd get tickets and stuff. And he turned... I mean, we still played, but whatever. Yeah. He turned, what happened was he had this little cubby, and then there was... The lanes, and then there was a adult lounge area where they had, like, virtual golf and stuff. And what he did was he ended up converting the majority of that lounge area into, like, a kids-friendly arcade where, like, Jukebox just said, you know, you go and you do skee-ball and you win tickets and there's prizes and all that. He still kept the virtual golf because, of course, it's... Was was that actually there before? Yes. I thought after Chris bought it, he put it in. Nope. Because I remember dad playing it oh. when I was younger. Nifty. Yeah, I, I I had no clue that was there. I mean, I was like seven. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, so those were, yeah, those were super cool. Yeah. And okay. um, that's that's probably my best memory, though. This is the Terminator stuff? Yeah, yeah. Terminator 2 pinball at bowling when that I was, was a awesome. kid. So then... It's nostalgia, man. <laughs> my next question, my good interviewee, is um, what, as far as... Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Just shy little wave but um i'm curious to know just how much time you've spent overall if you like if you had a hard estimate and like so for my arcade cabinets because it's almost impossible to buy these things without something being wrong that you have to fix like you kind of have to thrust yourself into this hobby and learn how to do things like reprogram chips and like solder boards with new components stuff like that i mean and just just to give everybody a little backstory on like how hard he threw himself in is it's like we had a get together like with a bunch of our friends and we like sat we chilled we played cards against humanity and when it was jukebox's turn to you know read out cards or whatever he'd do it and then whenever it wasn't his turn he was sitting there like stripping wires and shit (laughs) I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just getting ready so that, like, later on, like, it's done and I can just get into it. I'm like, it's fucking 9.30 at night, like. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of late nights up at, like, 2 in the morning just, like, soldering things. <laughs> no, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, if you're fucking having fun, give her, yep, you know. Yep. So, that was always, that was always funny. You did that. I think there were, like, three or four get-togethers straight where you were just chilling, like, stripping wires and shit. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so the amount of time, because when I got that joust, it had like seven layers of different paints over top of the original artwork. I had to strip all that shit off and like repaint it myself. I had to, and I'm a cheap ass, so like doing this as cheaply as possible, like I had to get a stencil. I'm not going to buy a stencil for the artwork for $100. So I literally got some like see through sticky. Uh, like a roll of what the fuck would that be I don't know hard to say I could have sworn you did it with like construction paper or something well kind of so there's like essentially it's a super big tube of tape more or less and I laid that over the entirety of the thing so it was sealed down and then I got the artwork off the internet opened it into Adobe Illustrator and uh 
printed it off there onto eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper. And then I taped all those on top of that sticky stuff and then took an X-Acto knife and cut out the stencil. Don't you have a scalpel somewhere? Yeah, an X-Acto knife. Oh, okay. Uh, like, not like the utility blade one where you like yeah, that's where I thought, where you say X-Acto no. knife. I think, like, you know... Well, I guess X-Acto makes those too, but no, I'm talking more like a scalpel. Okay, type, good, because or... I was going to say, like, fuck, you did that with an X-Acto knife? Like, Jesus. But yeah, no, doing it with a scalpel, not nearly as bad. Yeah, but uh, that alone probably took 23 hours. And I remember, because the paint I got, because originally they used oil-based paints, and you can't buy that anymore. No. Everything is latex. They've, or acrylic or something. Or acrylic. Like, they've more or less outlawed oil-based. So I got the closest thing that emulates oil-based, and it takes, like, 16 hours to dry, mm-hmm. which is ridiculously long for paint. If you don't know, usually it's, like, two to three hours at most. Yeah. And uh, so I had to paint the whole thing. I had to rewire the whole thing. The, the monitor, this is the most common thing to go wrong with arcades, is... Uh, you'll have components blown out on the monitor, especially the electrolytic capacitors, because, I mean, it's more or less a conductive, like, metal goop, and over time <laughs> it dries up, so with the capacitor, your charge of electricity goes into it, it holds it for whatever time, and then it lets it out the other side. If it's dry, it'll just run straight through without holding it or anything, and that can cause other components to blow, like heat up, blow up. Like yeah. the capacitor itself can blow up, and it's a bunch of little tiny metal filings everywhere. So I had to replace all of those, and then like the flyback and stuff like this. So, I mean, the one cabinet was probably like 200 hours in itself. And then on my other two, I spent a lot more time cleaning than anything. I had to, like... Yeah, they were dirty. Yeah, literally... Like, I'd open it up, and it's literally five inches of dust. Like, I could not see the bottom half of the PCB. I just... I even remember us, like... (laughs) I I remember us when we went and picked up the cocktail ones. And it's like... We picked them up, and immediately... It's like, what is sticking to our hands? And it was (laughs) like somebody had spilled, like, a Coke or something all over them. They were gross, man. So, on the Miss Pac-Man one, it actually... Someone spilled Coke on top of it at some point, and it seeped underneath Mm -hmm. and stuck to the overlay where it says Miss Pac-Man and stuff. And I had to clean all that up. Yeah, good times. The treasures I found in those was, like, a coffee stir stick, a sugar packet... And a cigarette butt. Nice. <laughs> Fucking nice. And like one penny. I, I imagine you to find like some <laughs> extinct species under that. Oh, crikey. Look at that. I actually don't know what that is. Yeah, the dust bunnies were alive. <laughs> yeah, they had become sentient beings. So the first time I plugged in Galaga, because it needed the most work, because I had to... Or no, Miss Pac-Man, because I pretty much had to rebuild the entirety of the monitor. I had to order mm. a bunch of parts and pretty much replace everything on that board. Um, yeah, Galaga worked right away, didn't it? Or didn't it work after you... Like, you tinkered with it for, I think, like, 15 minutes. Because I went home that night, and yeah. you texted me, like, a half hour later saying Galaga was up and going. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a common thing. If you're looking for arcade machines, uh, it's called an interlock switch. And pretty much what it does, if you have the coin door open, which you need to have it open to be able to access the insides, open it up, all that stuff. Uh, the switch will open, and it will not allow electricity through, so you don't... you have less of a chance of shocking yourself and whatnot. You can turn that switch off, mm-hmm. and then it'll let electricity through. What was happening is, even when the door was closed, it wasn't hitting that switch. So, I pretty much just taped it down, and Galaga worked. Nice. I mean, I had a lot of work to do. I had to clean up the monitor and stuff. But as it sits, it still works. And even if it does fail, I have a cap kit, so I could replace the components of the monitor if I needed. Which is good. Yeah. But with Miss Pac-Man, I plugged it in. Smoke literally coming out the fucking coin door. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that scared the hell out of me. I'm like, no, don't start a fire. Reminds me of the time my welder exploded. Oh, God. That's a story for another time. Yeah, I almost died. Things. End of story. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, lots and lots of time. And inside of arcades, I mean, as much time as I can. Yeah. You know, a couple hours here and there, I'll go play arcade games, pinball stuff yeah. downtown. Well, I mean, like, even when we were in junior high and high school, like, he, Jukebox had a routine of, he'd, you know, school would end, he'd walk across town, well, quote-unquote across town, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah. 15, whatever. That's hardly across town, but... Yeah, it was 20 minutes to the second-hand stores, and I'd go there. Yeah. 
And then every once in a while, I'd go to that laundromat and play arcade games. And yeah, because it was quarters. it was like where it was. It's like our high school's on at one end. You walk twenty minutes directly in one direction. You'd hit the first store. Then the laundromat was like a five minutes away from that store, coming back towards the high school. And then yeah. the other second hand store was another five minutes back towards the high school from the laundromat. So we yeah. kind of just like walked to the furthest one, hit laundromat for like. 10, 10 minutes to play a couple of rounds or whatever. Yeah. And then you hit the other second hand store and then fuck off on home. Yep. And then I'd go over and bug him and read all his Nintendo power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd come over and play COD. Yay. Yeah. Good old COD. Yeah. I, I really liked at that laundromat. I guess there's another memory is uh, playing Tetris because it was the Atari version. So like on the NES, most people know the Nintendo version of Tetris and like, the like the Tetris music that you know of, do 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 do. That's from the Nintendo version. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally made uh, or released by Atari on the NES, kind of with an unlicensed cartridge, which is kind of worth more because it got recalled and whatever else. But that version made it to arcades, and yeah. it has two-player Tetris, which is just wonderful in different play modes and little r- Russian dancing men and stuff. Can you so. like fuck each other over by making? lines and stuff like that or am i thinking of like some i think you might be thinking of like puyo puyo i'm thinking of kirby avalanche never mind pretty much puyo puyo yay (laughs) reskinned with kirby hooray yeah so uh what's your next question then oh yeah no what is the meaning (laughs) of life 42 it's moving on (laughs) but um no did you do you know about that yeah you showed me the article where somebody actually like figured out why the computer says 42 in the hitchhiker's guide and it's just like Damn, oh, God. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you guys another podcast. Yeah. Look forward to that. Yeah. This has been episode 42. Now let's everything. talk about something. <laughs> that has to happen. If we get okay. to 42, that's the that's the whole topic. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's just Hitchhiker's Life, the Universe, and everything. Yes. Shit, can we just, like, skip 30, 30, like 37 episodes now? Anyways, I mean, we could. We could. I, I can title them whatever the fuck I want, right? Hooray! I'm the one who edits. Yay! <laughs> but, um, alright, so, well, we'll move on to the next question before I fuck our, ourselves over. But, um, so, again, like, I don't, I'm not super involved in arcades and stuff. Like, yeah. I've played a little here and there at malls or whatever and had fun, but, um... As I far as like you to play Galaga and Miss Pac-Man. Yes. <laughs> I'm terrible at both. Everyone is. But I mean, make up for it in RPGs. <laughs> but, um, uh, one curiosity I have is I see lots of it on forums and all this. And for the most part, they seem pretty good. But what is the, as someone who's actually a part of it, what's the collecting community like? It's a lot better than the video game collecting community. Sons of bitches. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so... Like, when I bought my Joust Arcade, the guy was just so excited to have someone else coming into the community, and he's he could tell, like, I actually wanted to, like, rebuild this thing. I wasn't just yeah. going to make a MAME cabinet out of it or something like that. So, like, he gave me an extra monitor. It doesn't work, but the fact that he gave me one is great. He gave me all these extra, like, game boards and stuff, because I was originally just going to get the cabinet, and he gave me, like, the four other boards that I use. It's It's one of those things. It's just, like, a general respect of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, it's... I've had, I'm part of like Facebook groups and stuff. And again, it's not the same thing, but it's a similar concept. And it's like, I've had people ask me in the comments, like, what would you recommend for anime and stuff? And I'm like, I'm not going to be a psychopath right now. Like I normally am, (laughs) but I'm like, do you want like a couple of recommendations? Do you want me to go like full fucking bore? And if they're like, no, just a couple here and there. I'm like, okay, well I love one piece to death. This is good. This is good based on what else you've read and stuff. And I'll be fucking chill about it. But if somebody's like, no, fuck me up. I'm like, let's go. Here's like a hundred things. Watch them right now. All at once. Hundred monitors. I mean, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like you need everything at once. Tape tape your eyes open. (laughs) Fucking you're not sleeping for two months. But um, I'm God. So yeah, it's It's, just, it's nothing. No, no, it's, it's, and it's not nearly as cutthroat as the video game collecting. So like, they're so excited to get people into it. They'll help you out if you're trying to find stuff like Mm -hmm. in the video game collecting community. If there's, say you're at a secondhand store, there's Donkey Kong Country on Super NES. It's $5. That's a great deal. It's a great game. Say you have three collectors in that store to see it. First person to die for it's going to get it. And someone else is probably going to try and grab it out of your hands. 
Yeah. Because they fucking want it regardless of if they already have it. They could have three copies. They want it so they can resell it. They want it so you don't have it. They want it so they can feel good about finding a good game because it doesn't happen very often. Like, that shit will happen. In arcade games, it'll be like, well, I already have a Pac-Man. I obviously ain't going to spend $400 for another one. I mean, you want a Pac-Man. Hold on, I'm going to do some searches for you. I know a guy in Utah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I will get you a hookup. Yeah, so it's super swell. And uh, if anyone wants to get into the community, the first thing you're going to do is go to Clov, the killer list of video games, those forums. That is like the hub for arcade collecting. You just say, hello, I want this, I like this, I know nothing, and they will help you out from start to finish. They'll get you hooked up. What do I feel like it would be my luck? I'd, like, go in and I'd say just that, and I'd get, like, the one asshole in the community who's like, fuck off, you noob. I'd be like, okay. They get banned, and everyone else, like, jumps in, like, we're so sorry. I'm just like, no, it's ruined. I'm no, done. I've, I've seen that happen, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's good times when shit like that happens. Oh, yeah. It's one of those fucked up things. It's like, you know... We get shit on the nerds, and we we get shit on by all the sports jocks and stuff, because our shit's stupid. I'm like, yeah, I remember the time that League of Legends tournament turned into a fucking riot. Yeah. Like, you know, we're fucking crazy. <laughs> our Fuck. shit can be cool. Yeah, my mom <laughs> says so. But, um, never let anybody my lie to you. doesn't. Oh. <laughs> but, um, uh. my mom judges me too. You're not alone. It's fine. So, um. Well, that's good. It's good that the community is a lot better than some. You see so much stuff all the time about toxic video game communities and all this and all that. And it's like, it's it's yeah. nice to hear about like one community that like, you know, for the like the majority 90%, 95% of is just like super helpful, chill. Like, this is what you're going to do. Like, I know a guy, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? Whereas just to compare to like the video game community, it's like if I wanted to start like getting hardcore into Overwatch... And I posted in a forum, and I was like, these are the characters I like. I would immediately get shat on from yeah. a character choice, no matter what. I could say that I want to play the four like most popular, well-rounded characters, and, they, and then I, immediately I get hit with, oh, well, what the fuck? Too many people play those. Play somebody more diverse. Me, me, me. Video yeah, game communities. Yeah. Video game communities are poison. So it's nice to hear about the arcade community being like solid and chilled out. I, I can tell you the worst thing, though, is... Uh... And most people are understanding every once in a while you'll get an asshat who's like, oh, no, fuck that. Yeah. It's uh, when you're getting into the community and you want to make a main machine. Because the idea behind uh, Clove is it's made by VAPS, which is the Video Arcade Preservation Society. So mm. they want to acquire arcade machines, sh share them with people, you know, spread the word about how great arcade machines and whatever else is, and keep them original and dedicated. Yeah. So, like, if I took my Joust and I shoved a computer inside of that and put the MAME emulator on there, people would shit down my neck. Oh, of course. Because I didn't turn it back into Joust. Right. So, um... But lots of people are still understanding, though, because, you know, if you want an arcade machine, you don't... You want to play multiple games, you don't want to drop $400 for one game. Yeah. If they're understanding that you only have so much space, they're probably like, okay, this is how you MAME, but we suggest you make your own cabinet instead of converting something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I'm going to deviate from the list a little here, because Ooh. we've been talking about, Ooh. uh, yeah, we've been His talking... list of questions. <laughs> dun dun! <laughs> the plot thickens. But, um, because we've been, after talking about the community, you keep mentioning MAME systems and dedicated systems, and, of course, the idea of a dedicated system kind of speaks for itself, is, I would assume, and to my understanding, it's, like, your cabinet says this is the game, and it has only that game inside of it. Yep. Or if you, for the most part. Or if, for whatever reason, like you have to, where you run a multi-board, your main game that boots up on start is the game of the cabinet. Yeah. Right? Like, if I go turn on your Joust cabinet right now, even though it has a multi-board in it, I'm not going to get a selection screen. It's going to open straight to Joust until you go inside and fuck with it and allow the multi-board to give yeah. me the option. Right? Technically, it's still not dedicated because it has the multi-board. Yeah. But it's fucking close enough. Come on, give me some some slack. No, yeah, you get you get slack. Well, I mean, and it's just that too. If some random person came over and they were like, "Oh, dope, you have a Joust uh, cabinet," they're not gonna boot it up and immediately be like, "You have a fucking multi board in this, don't you, you bastard?" Like, no, like not unless they're a hardcore collector. Not unless they're super hardcore. <laughs> so clearly, dedicated cabinet is it's 
the specialized board of what the cabinet says. If it's pretty much, yeah. If it's fucking Smash TV, it's a Smash TV board. If it's Galaga, it's a Galaga board, and that's just how it is, right? Yeah. So explain to me what a Mame system is. So Mame stands for Multiple Arcade Machine Emulator. So if you've ever had an emulator on your computer for a console, literally everybody that has a computer has done that. <laughs> so yeah, if you have something like Nestopia or uh, give me some names, VBA. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking um, of. I'm trying to remember what the Super Nintendo one I used to have was. I think there's Z Super NES. Yeah, I think there's Dolphin for GameCube, which yeah. is a fun pun because that's what the GameCube was. Project Dolphin. Yeah, I believe. So yeah, that's that that's a fun code. that's a fun little pun. So there's everything. So it's an emulator like that, and what it does is. It uses the computer hardware to run arcade games. So the data from the ROM chips in an arcade Mm -hmm. will go through the emulator, which uses the computer hardware to think it's like the actual like arcade board with these Mm -hmm. specifications and stuff, and then spit it out to your computer screen pretty much. That's that's about as simple as I can get with emulation, and it's not technically right, but simplifications, guys, come on. So, what you can do with that is you can download the ROMs of any arcade game ever, stick them into the MAME emulator, and it will play that game on a computer. Yeah. So, a MAME cabinet would be if you have an arcade cabinet, you put a computer inside, and then you connect that computer to your control panel with, like, joysticks and buttons. Yeah. So that way you can have all of the arcade games in one cabinet. Which is nifty. Yeah. It is nifty, but again, it's... It's technically illegal. Nobody cares. No one cares. No one cares. (laughs) I care, but no one cares. Nah, Jukebox cares. (laughs) (laughs) The the people in the community give a shit. Standard people like me. Eh. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. Not actually. Too much work, but... (laughs) So... Yeah, I thought I definitely thought that was worth skipping. I definitely felt like what I had next in my little list was maybe more appropriate for our send off on the arcade interview. Yeah, so, yeah. what we'll stop with is I want to know what your next project is as far as arcading. Like, do you have a certain? Uh, do you have another? Do you have a dedicated console in mind that you want to work towards, yeah. or do you have? Just a general idea of what you want to do next. So I have a few general ideas. Oh, God. It's, it's mostly whatever I can afford and whatever shows up. Because, I mean, these things are rare or they cost lots of money. It's yep. one of the two. Pick your poison. So I have Street Fighter boards. So I would like to make a arcade cabinet that's two players, uh, one joystick, six buttons. So, like, it's an actual Street Fighter cabinet. And set it up with JAMA, which is just a wiring standard, so you could plug in different boards. You just yeah. take one board, plug it in, unplug it, take another board, plug it in. So you could do, like, original Street Fighter, you could do, like, Street Fighter 2 Turbo or whatever, as long as you just were able to plug them in. Pretty much. Cool! As, as long as the board, uh, the pinout is to the JAMA standard, you can plug in a JAMA harness and run it on that machine. That's cool. So... I wouldn't mind building one, but it'd be a lot easier if I could find a dynamo cabinet, which is what Street Fighter 2s were all put inside of, which is just a generic cabinet, two joysticks, six buttons. Yeah, and then Um, all you'd have to do potentially is, like, potentially either give it a new paint job or touch up the paint or just refurbish it like you did with your joust one. And it would be a lot easier than the joust one for sure because that extra monitor that I have is the correct size because there's different sizes of monitors. There's kind of two standards. And uh, it's the 29-inch, which is the bigger one. And if I could get that one to work, because I do know how to fix it, it's just I don't want to dump $100 into fixing it without having a cabinet to put it inside of. Yeah, exactly. So I have the monitor, which I can fix. I have the arcade games, which I can just plug in. Mm Mm-hmm. All I'd really need to do is build a control panel, and I could do that for about fifty dollars. Yeah. So, so the main the main obstacle is getting the cabinet. Yeah. So pretty well. So what I want to do is I want to make 
pretty much a fighting a fighting game cabinet or a generic JAMA cabinet because I do have other JAMA boards I can plug in mm-hmm. or if I want to buy other stuff because I really like like bullet hell shooters and stuff. So good. So if I got like Mars Matrix, I could go plug that in and play that and stuff. It's either that or pinball, which mm. I don't have a pinball machine yet, but I've made it like a goal of mine to pretty much map out our metropolitan area, every pinball machine out there so I can go play them because pinball is just ridiculously fun. Yeah. Like, it's a whole other can of worms. Even if you're only playing it for 10 seconds, it's a good time. Yeah. And, like, there's different types of pinball machines, so to stay cheap, I'd probably get, like, an electromechanical. Because uh, the really old pinball machines, they worked off relays and switches and everything. is just electricity, wires, and metal. Whereas uh, the solid-state ones that started coming out after the 70s, which most people remember, they were technically they had more stuff to them. They were kind of funner, faster games, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, they're solid state, so they all use PCBs and motherboards and stuff, and they just cost way more. Yeah. So, like, you could get an EM for a couple hundred dollars. You'd have to be hard-pressed to find a solid state for less than a thousand. Rough. But, yeah. But, of course, pinball machines are also more complicated. There's more moving parts and stuff, and everything uh, has to work a lot more in sync and whatnot. And and the biggest reason why they cost more, at least for the solid state ones, is because operators can still make money off of them. Yeah. If you stick a Galaga in your local bar, you know, some people will play it, they'll be like, cool, whatever, but I could play that on my iPhone. If you put a pinball machine in there, that thing grabs people's attention, and you can't play that anywhere else. Oh, 100%. So quarters still get shoved in those things. Yeah, absolutely. What you gotta do is put it in a really, really drunk reputation bar <laughs> and just charge a dollar they'll make a killing see the most arcades are more or less dead so mm-hmm. i mean we have like the rec room which has nothing but massive mario kart terminator like time crisis type machines all the ones that cost fucking two dollars to play for 20 minutes yeah so they're all drivers or shooters more or less what uh what operators, old operators, are doing now is they're creating the beercade or mm-hmm. the barcade, which is you have a bar, which is your main money-making thing. You, yeah. you know, get your drunkards in there, you sell them alcohol, and then you kind of have an area for your arcade, pinballs, machines, and arcade cabinets. And they generally don't make that much money off of them, but, you know, it's kind of the draw to that specific arcade, that yeah. specific bar, is that you have the machines. It's... It's something extra rather than just having a bar and a big screen with UFC on it. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that does it mostly for our arcade interview. Yeah, so if anyone listening has any questions, feel free to ask me. Um, I, I kind of gave, like, generalized answers there and whatnot. I wasn't going to get into, like, how you wire a machine or anything We'd like be that, here all but, day. I'd fall asleep. But uh, I, I can help you with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can show you the charts. I can show you the world. Oh, God. <laughs> so, um... My brain just shut off for, like, two seconds there. That's um, okay, because we're going into hidden gems. Yay! I'm just going to stick the music in that part where your brain shut off. Nifty. Glad I could be of assistance. So, um, the hidden gem that we're talking about... We just decided to just uh, collab on one hidden gem, because... Right now, I'm at Jukebox's house, so I can't look at my game shelf and be like, hmm, what haven't people played? Like, So we decided we'd just kind of go off one that we both really enjoy, we've played a lot of, and it's called Fortune Street. Yeah. So just a little bit of history on it. The, the person who created it was actually the designer for Dragon Quest because it was originally a mini-game in Dragon Quest Three. Um you kind of fell out of rpgs and stuff back in the day that's dragon warrior 3 in north america and it, it was just so fun that he decided it had to be a separate game yeah so and the guy's the guy's name in case you want to look it up or anything is yuji hori um so he created a separate game fortune street on the original famicom and since then they made like 12 new games they're on- super popular in Japan. Yeah, and only one of them made it to America on the Wii. And it'll probably be the only one we ever get. I hope we get a new one at some point, but... Yeah. Chances of... 
Yeah, I, I mean, I highly doubt it because I'm pretty sure ones came out since it came out. Uh, Fortune Street came out in 2011. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I can only hope because I I I enjoy it a lot. Oh, me too. Like it was. You know what? We should tell them what it is. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> it's a party game. It's similar to Monopoly. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Pick me, pick me. Calrix. Do you like Monopoly? Do you like the <laughs> stock market? You'll like Fortune Street. Now yeah. that I've scared you away, Jukebox <laughs> will explain how it actually works. Oh, God. So, you have a play board similar to Monopoly. It's got funky shapes sometimes. Uh, you roll the dice to move and you land on property. You buy that property. If someone lands on your property, they have to pay you. As you make your way around this board, there are four suits, so clubs, diamonds, hearts, you know the deal. Yeah. You collect all four of them, and you make it back to the start space, which is the bank, and you get a promotion, which is money depending on your, what level you were, how many properties you own. Yeah. I, I don't know what the other I think it's criteria. I think it's the total level you are and the properties you own. Yeah. You get a small percentile boost for however many properties you own or something like that. Yeah, and then like a base amount. So you get your money and then you go buy more properties and stuff. And the point is to bankrupt the other players. So those are the standard rules. You can also do the advanced rules, which integrates stock market. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like a normal stock market. It's Yeah, it pretty much creates money out of nothing. But for, you know... The simple and the purpose people, is, yeah. people who don't know, you know, money markets and stuff, it works good enough. So what you can do is these properties that you're buying, they have different districts. So like five properties here, four properties there, four properties there. Yeah. And you can invest in those districts. So if you buy stocks in District A where you own property, someone lands on your property they pay you what you, they owe you for, like in Monopoly terms, renting. So they, when they land on the space, they rent it, they pay you your 20 coins or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you receive a 20% dividend because you have invested in that district. Yeah. So you will get 20% of 23. So, in and, addition. It, and, it, and it also works as, if me and Jukebox are playing, and I have, dis, and I have properties in District A, and he has properties in District E... If I want to buy stocks in his district, if somebody lands and has to pay him, I I will also get a small amount because I have money invested, air quotes, because, again, the stocks are all kinds of fucked up as yeah. far as the real world is concerned. <laughs> but I will receive, again, a percentile amount equivalent to however much he just got paid because I have money invested in his properties. Yep, and that amount that you receive, they call it a dividend. Yes, so, sounds complicated. It sounds really. terrifying. It's, it's, I mean, go watch, I, I'm pretty sure on uh, Game Grumps or on Steam Train they played it. Go watch that. You'll see how fucking awesome it is and how stupid Ross is. Yes. <laughs> Cat has cats? Wait, wrong game. Wrong game. Wrong game. We can talk about that one on Hidden Gems another time. Yay! But, um, so... As far as how Fortune Street works, like, we've we've gotten to that. As far as you might be listening to this and thinking, like, that doesn't sound like any amount of fun. Monopoly is already a friend ruiner. I mean, Fortune Street's mostly hilarious, if anything. Yeah. I mean, we, once, just for shits and giggles, we set it to autoplay, and we capped everything. We capped the bankrupt amount. We capped how much stock you could have, how much money you could total have. I think that game took eight hours. Yeah, it was crazy long. I still have, I think I still have pictures of that on my phone. Yeah, so, but, um, so when you start the game, uh, properties, whatever, they cost, you know, between 100 and maybe 400. I think the most you ex- land on yeah. them, you gotta pay between 20 and 100. Well, we reached a point where if you landed on one of our properties, you had to pay upwards of 100,000. Yes. <laughs> It was it insanity. Was, Everything yeah. was maxed out. It was hilarious. I remember max cap. <laughs> the jukebox and I just played it for a while just to see, and I think we played it for I think like two or three hours or something. And then I, we just set our characters to autoplay. 
yep. because you can you you have the option to set your CPUs to however you want. So we just set them. Yep. It's to called be, out to lunch. Yes. <laughs> so we just set them. I think we set them to be the most aggressive, yep. psychotic <laughs> bastards alive. I.e. Walmart. But um, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> more or less. But um, so and and I just let it play. I just I watched Netflix or I played the PS3 or whatever, and I just let it run. And checked back on it in a couple of hours, and I think the slime was in the lead. I think he had like five hundred thousand net worth or something, yeah. which was Jukebox's hero, of course, because <laughs> most of the time he wins because he's got a better understanding of how it all works. But I like money. I like money. <laughs> but um, uh, so most of the time he'll win, but um, it doesn't matter. I still have a blasty blast along with it, um, because again, most of the fun, in my opinion, is fucking the computers over. And just being able to manipulate their AI into just the worst deals. Yeah. Like, what was it? I gave them a property that was worth, like, 100 gold, and I got, like, their most expensive one. Because they were, like, I had three of the properties in that district, and they held the last one. And I traded them some one off in the middle of buttfuck nowhere to get that. (laughs) And just so you know, if you get all of the properties in a district, it doubles how much they're all worth. Yep. It boosts how much it costs for somebody to land on it. It boosts the stocks. It, like... It boosts how much someone has to pay to buy it off of you. And it also boosts the likelihood of somebody landing on it, right? Actually, it doesn't do that. Well, I mean, like, if you have four spaces as opposed to only two, then technically... But Um, um, A nice thing about the game, and the worst thing about the game, is the AI. Yes. Because it has several different settings. They coded so many different ways that an AI can work. So uh, when you go out to lunch, you can kind of select those settings, but... When you select your computer players, assuming you don't have four friends to play with, um, they will have different rankings from S to D, I think. Yeah, D is the lowest. And they have different play styles. So, if you're playing with like an S rank or an A rank, it's so rigged that they will, they will roll the dice. If you have like three monopolies, they will just skip over to the free spaces where they don't have to pay you. Yep. Yeah, it, oh, it's so stupid. It's like, because I think the, <laughs> the max the max roll on the dice is seven. Yep. So, like, for example, they'll be on a spot. The next four properties in front of them, I'll own. Then there'll be, like, a freebie spot. And then I'll own the next two properties after that. Literally, if they roll six out of the seven numbers, I get paid. And what do they roll? They roll that one fucking number that keeps them safe. Every goddamn Every time. goddamn time. <laughs> But I mean, still, it's fun. It, it, like it's infuriating sometimes, but it's so much fun. Like it we, it's a party game. We play it as a party game, and know, especially get our friends if, together. yeah, exactly. If you got four people, it's just a good time fucking everybody over. You know what? We never told these guys the like really weird draw of it. You play with Mario and Dragon Quest characters. Yeah, it's really weird. Which is the weird, weird combination in the West, but in Japan. I mean, those are two crazy popular games, and they've kind of been intermingled since the NES. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. So yeah, you'll get people, like, of course, you have all the standard Mario characters. You know, Mario, Luigi, Peach, uh, Yoshi, Birdo. Not so much Birdo, but like, <laughs> you you know what I mean? You'll have, like, your staple Mario characters, and then you have the Dragon Quest characters are a little more varied like there's the slime obviously because that's of course that's the mascot for dragon quest i love uh, dragon lord from the original four yeah that um, kind of arc there's bianca who i believe is from dragon quest five there's jessica who's from the super Seven. popular dragon quest eight. Oh, eight, right which is like the one that kind of hit it big here in america yeah um because of course we got like the nes games but like they didn't they didn't take off super hardcore. Like, they were really good games. Actually. Or did they take off? I can't remember. So, I'll, I'll just uh, tell you quickly, because it's kind of interesting. The first Dragon Warrior game, um, they had a tie-in deal with Nintendo Power. If you got a subscription to Nintendo Power, you'd get the game. So, that was their highest-selling game in the early days. So, they did... I can't even remember. It was a really high number. It was either 100,000 or a million. It's one of those two. But it was really high. And then immediately after that, after the tie-in was gone, it just plummeted. So 2, 3, and 4 continually went down in sales. And nowadays, they continually go up in price. Yeah. (laughs) Sequentially. Yeah, no. So there's also, yeah, Jessica from Dragon Quest Eight. There's Yangus from, I think it's Dragon Quest Monsters, Dragon Quest Joker or something. The one where it's mostly monster fighting. 
So Rocket Slime or something. Yeah, Rocket Slime or something like that. But um but yeah, it's still just I remember the first time Jukebox was like, Hey, I got Fortune Street, and I was like, the fuck is that? And he's like, It's Mario <laughs> with stocks, or it's fucking Monopoly with stocks, sorry, and I was like I'm gonna go home because you're <laughs> freaking me the fuck out now. And he's like, no, 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 trust me. And sure enough, we played it, and I was very mad because I lost horribly. But you know, <laughs> but, um, half of you played. <laughs> yeah, right. I am too. So I mean, but yeah, it was just that. Like you booted up, and you were like trying to explain to me, of course, me that it wasn't gonna be the worst goddamn moment of my life. But uh, and then it wasn't. And then it wasn't. <laughs> Close second, but no, no, oh, it was God wonderful. I loved every second of it. It was yeah. fucking wonderful wonderful time so i think you know if you're still listening you might be wondering you know how do we get characters from dragon quest and mario two separate companies the game was developed by square enix the people who own dragon quest and then published by nintendo yeah so it was a joint effort and it was one of two that happened on the wii in 2011 the other is the mario sports mix which was also made by square enix So both of these games are collector's items right now. Yep. It, like in their own right, they're they're hidden gems. They didn't sell that many. Uh, the last time I checked at EB Games, it was still twenty six dollars in Canada, and the approximate value of the game is like thirty dollars on eBay. So I mean, they're retaining it. <laughs> it's not like ridiculously expensive, but I mean, it's and it's worth every fucking dollar. <laughs> it's so fun. You have a sealed copy, don't you? Oh God. So I got my copy. I found a sealed copy. I found another sealed copy. Yep. And I found another sealed copy, and then I found an open copy. Which I, I got. <laughs> I, I, I literally searched for four years for this game, never found it, and then they were just, like, falling into my lap. Like, sealed, like as a collector, I don't want to open sealed copies. So. No, of course not. But, like, and I had so many copies, I started, like, selling them off to my friends at cost and whatnot, and, and yeah. like, hey, this game's fucking amazing, actually play it. Yeah. And then everyone that I gave it to, they played it, and they fucking fell in love. Oh, yeah. Like, my one buddy who I used to uh, take the bus with into the university there. Um, ah, English major guy. Yeah, him. <laughs> uh, history major. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got him into it, and then he had to buy the game, and then every time he had to get together, uh, get together at his apartment, he was, like, playing Fortune Street with his friends and stuff, and they got super hardcore like we did. They'd do games that lasted, like, eight hours. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, this game is just like Monopoly. You can play by the actual rules that they give you, the standard rules, and the game will actually go by fairly quickly. Yeah, or you can fuck or, with it. Yeah, or you can, like, adjust the rules to be, like, max everything, stuff like that, and we don't play rec- it forever. We don't actually recommend doing that. Do not <laughs> max your shit out while you're playing. You will be there forever. Oh, God. We literally only did it the one time to see what would happen and how long it would take. And at the end of every game, you get, like, stats, yep. right? Like, you get to see, like, where you where you made a shit ton and where you dipped and where, you know, yep. how steady you were. If you fucking shot up all of a sudden, you know, maybe you get lucky and, like, everybody just fucking lands on your expensive squares in a row and you're up there out of the, yep. you know. It, it gives you a line graph with uh, your earnings. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you kind of a... How much did you make? What was the most you paid on a property? What was the most you earned on a property? Stuff like that. I think they even do... I think one of the stats is, like, the total amount earned from, like, other properties. Oh, yeah. And I think the <laughs> one for the fucking game we did, I think the slime made a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I think the one you're thinking of is the max you made off someone landing on yours, because it doesn't total it. Maybe. But still, it was just fucking, like, 100,000. <laughs> it was also crazy. Like, we won't... We'll We'll wrap it up pretty quick here, but... Another crazy thing was, um, maybe I'll just try and find the picture real quick, but it was, cause like Jukebox said earlier, as you're going around the map, you're landing on suits yep. and when you have all four, you go back to the bank and you increase the level, which gives you a little payday and landing on the bank also allows you to buy or sell stocks or whatever. Yeah. Well, you can sell stocks almost whenever, assuming you are in a, in, in the red, essentially. Yeah. Um, whether it's after buying a property, after landing on one, whatever. Um, so the levels, the total level at the end of the, that like eight hour game, I think was like, it was ridiculous. It was insanely high. Do I still have it on here? I want to say I do. You tell me. I want to say I do, but I don't think I do. Kelrix is currently looking through his phone's photos, trying to find it. Cause he took a picture of that screen. Cause that was... 
That was fun. I had to. I had I had to take a picture and I had to send it to Jukebox and be like, look at what we did. <laughs> yeah, uh, the game lasted so long, I just left. <laughs> tell me, please tell me that I have it somewhere. I don't know if I do. I probably don't. I'm just going to cry inside a little bit now. Yeah, I would do that. I have a picture of your joust cabinet. That's funny. (laughs) Was that before or after we did that? Oh, maybe if I looked at my camera as opposed to everywhere else, (laughs) I might fucking find it. Uh, Get wrecked. Ah! Found it? Yep. Yep. I don't know. That wasn't the finished... No, no. I found it, but that wasn't like the finished game. Mm. Why don't I have the finished game picture? Tell me. Might not have fucking saved actually. God damn it. Okay, but I took a picture and yeah, unfortunately I don't have the stats screen anymore, which breaks my heart. I must have got lost when I transferred my photos. But at one point in the game, the slime had a total of one hundred and forty six thousand gold, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and he had a net worth of one hundred and ninety three thousand. Which yeah, is like you usually you win the game once you're at ten thousand. Yeah, it's like fifth ten to ten to twenty thousand is the normal winning spot. Yeah. So depending the, on the size of the map. Just just to put it into perspective, the winning cap we set, like what your net value had to be at to win, was nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> so so the slime already has eight times more than what you need at max to win a standard game, and he still needs another. 800,000 net yeah. worth on top of that to actually win. But of course it, it, it takes what I think happened with the game is like the first five hours was just building up your resources and stuff. And then the following few hours were literally just bankrupting everybody. Yep. Cause I also have a picture of what the map looked like at the end of the game. And literally the character I was playing has like a sixth of the board. Like I have maybe <laughs> six spaces to my name and it's character jukebox's character who was the slime literally has this like giant like cloud formation like he has the (laughs) other like 18 squares just all under his name and i'm so sad i lost the picture of the stat screen but it was it was ridiculous yeah it might be hiding somewhere so what you should take from this fortune street is a hidden gem on the wii go buy it it's monopoly with stocks which sounds horrid but it's ridiculously fucking fun the fact that it sounds horrid is probably why it's a hidden gem. Exactly. Because people hear that and they're like, oh no, and then they play it and they're like, oh god, play more. Well, and that's just it too, is it's like, it's like you go to a store where, you know, maybe it's a second glance or maybe it's a, a an older game store and you find Fortune Street and, I mean, well, these days you can Google it on your phone and find yeah. out, but if you're not super patient, what are you going to do? You're going to look at the cover and be like, what the hell? And then you're going to flip it over be like, it's fucking Monopoly on the Wii. And then you're going to put it down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, like Jukebox just said, it's it's a it's a roaring good time. Especially when you get your friends in on it. Oh, yeah. Especially when yeah. they don't understand what they're doing 100% and you just get to like, ma-ha-ha. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it's, it's easy to pick up on. You go around the board once and you figured it out. Yeah, pretty much. So, and I mean, as long as your friends, i.e., you know, like we were, like, yeah. we were in total dickholes about it like they were like well how do you play it and it's like okay it plays like monopoly you're gonna go around and buy property you're gonna come back afterwards hit the bank you're gonna get a little payday buy some stocks it it's kind of self-explanatory after that and they were like fuck it cool okay yeah and yeah we had a good time yeah and if you want to make 193,000 gold subscribe to our podcast yeah, we'll e-transfer it. <laughs> what's 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 the current exchange rate for gold? Like, isn't it like one Canadian dollar is equivalent? No, like a penny of ours is equivalent to like nine hundred thousand gold. Dragon Quest World, yeah, something like yeah, that. Totally, totally, it's, totally. It's, it's a really this, awesome exchange rate. This is not a binding contract. We were only kidding. Yeah, no, if you message us and they're like, "Yo, pay me," no, no, we will not. I will cut uh, a penny into ninths and I will send you a piece. I mean, if you really want, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's time we wrap this up. Yeah, fine. Can you hear the music? Can you hear it coming? Dun 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 dun. That isn't the music, but I don't care. Nope, but it's it's signaling that it's ending. It's getting louder. Oh, I can't. Where is everyone?
If you've listened all the way to the end, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. If there's anything you would like us to talk about, please tell us on our Facebook or Twitter, or leave it in the YouTube comments. Yeah, because, like we, we talked about it last podcast, is we're always looking for new ideas. It's like, we love games, we've played lots of games, we're constantly learning about new ones, but I mean... If there's something you want to hear about, there's a good chance we have some stories about it. And or we'll figure out enough about it to be able to talk about it <laughs> to some degree. We'll find a YouTube video. We will say that it looks like shit. We will walk away. No, not actually. <laughs> We're a little more courteous, I suppose. We're a little more professional than that. <laughs> but anyways. Um, on that note, give yeah. us a five-star rating on iTunes and we'll read your review on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> that That's a binding contract. Say how professional we are. Yay! <laughs> Uh, Anyways, this has been the Infinity Games Podcast. I'm Kelrix King. And I'm Duke Bautiro. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.